Welcome to the podcast, Facing the Facts, the path to gaining control, accessing power, and ultimately creating a life of abundance. I'm your guide, Tony Laprino, here with a new episode, Building a Career in Real Estate as a Professional with a special guest today, Jennifer Sino Tucker. And this podcast episode is for every entrepreneur who wants to reach next level success in life and wealth. And I want to welcome Jennifer to the show. Thanks for joining me, Jennifer. I really appreciate you coming on, spending some time with me and talking about building a business in real estate. Yeah, you betcha, Tony. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here and that uh, we could uh, chat a little bit about it. Awesome. So let me get started. I want to just tell the audience a little bit about you. Jennifer Sino Tucker, she's an associate broker and vice president of business development in Exit Realty United Locations in Nashua County, New York. Is that correct? Nassau County. Nassau County in New York. She is the co-creator of Seven Saturdays Training Program for local real estate agents. She's helped dozens of real estate agents transition from paycheck employee to flourishing career as a sole proprietor in real estate. Jennifer has also guided many real estate agents throughout their careers to help them stay focused in meeting their goals as business owners. Jennifer is also the author of Become a Rockstar Real Estate Agent, Seven Steps to Making 100K a Year, and as a former educator with an advanced degree in curriculum design and instruction, Jennifer is committed to utilizing her background to provide realtors the necessary tools to support as they transition to a full-time real estate agent. She is also a president club member of the Sandler Sales Training Institute. 2017-2018, Jennifer was awarded the Silver Award from Exit Realty International, the seventh largest real estate brokerage in North America, for her gross closed commissions in New York Metro region in 2019. Jennifer increased her, her sales and received the Golden Award. And as a thank you to her clients, a portion of Jennifer's personal commissions were donated to a charity, and she's contributed over $5,000 since the inception of her willingness to make a difference and she currently resides in Wanta. That's it. Wanta, New York, with her daughter in her Chowski. Yeah, the Husky and a Chow Chow mix. How <laughs> Husky and a Chow Chow mix. Absolutely fantastic. Jennifer, thanks again for coming on. And let's first start off. Is there anything? What did I miss inside your bio? Tell me, tell me about where you got started and how you got started in real estate in your career. Yeah. So sure. Um, so I grew up on Long Island as well. Um, I currently still work in the market that I grew up in. That's kind of one thing that I kind of teach my agents as well, that you should kind of, you know, stay where, where your network is. I grew up in a very traditional middle-class home. We grew up uh, Catholic, Italian. So uh, a lot, lot of family gatherings as well. My parents owned a small business. Um, I think that's kind of where my taste of entrepreneurship started. It was a small oil business delivering, having oil services to homeowners for heat. And uh, kind of where it begins. And I took a very traditional route, you know, uh, went to Catholic high school, graduated, went on to a local university, played basketball (laughs) there on an athletic scholarship. Um, So I've always kind of had this higher standard. Like there's always something more to do. I always want to do something better and improve myself or at least try to do things better um, and always have this kind of goal mentality. Graduated from university and went on to teaching physical education in the Bronx, uh, which oh, wow. in and of itself wow. was to middle schoolers, fifth through eighth grade, oh, you know, those challenging years. <laughs> oh. 
And it was kind of there. And I dabbled in and out of jobs prior to getting to working as a teacher um, as well. I was a waitress. And I think that was one of the things that's kind of taught me sales and upselling as well. You know, try to try to get a little bit more for the restaurant. But um, when I began teaching in the Bronx, I'm I, I I don't like answering to people. <laughs> I like being my own boss. And it was hard for me to accept like a red mark next to my 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 lesson plan after a administrator would um, critique it. Um, and I'd be like, well, you're not, you know, I would always question. I'd be like, you know, why isn't this good enough? Um, it's working. So why isn't it good enough? But it was just kind of painful uh, for me to kind of see that. And that may have been one of the markers as well. I, I left uh, teaching and started my own kids fitness business for preschoolers. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that was really cool. And it was something I was passionate about. I was able to use my education background and then still be enough free and make my own decisions yeah. uh, in the process. And I did that for about two, two and a half years. And I just started to gain momentum, but it wasn't happening fast enough for me. And I was beginning to get frustrated with the process because I, um, it was a franchise and I felt remote gotcha. and, and not, not involved with anyone in the community that I could kind of collaborate with. Being an athlete, I felt the need to kind of be team oriented. And I was missing that in this fitness business. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom is in real estate and she was in the business at the time for 25 years. And I looked to her as a mentor as how do I generate leads? How do I, what do I have to do to prospect? How, you know, how do I get more business from, you know, this for my kids fitness business? Uh, I was in her office one day and her secretary came in with a rental lead on a piece of paper written out all the contact information. She literally took it and I'm not lying, Tony, crumbled it up and threw it in the waste paper basket. Like, and I was like in shock, like, what are you doing? Like that could be generated into revenue why would you just dismiss it? She goes, I'm so busy working with buyers and sellers at this time that I don't even have the time to take on a rental lead. And that was my epiphany. And my uh -huh. light bulb went off and said, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I can work your, your rentals for you. Um, and that's basically what I did. I picked up the phone right then and there and enrolled in real estate class. And, and that's kind of where it all, right? Really the beginning wow, of it. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So how long were you a teacher? Did you were you a teacher right out of college? Right out of college. I was um, in and out of a few schools, public and, and um, private schools. Oh, about seven, seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. And you were you were an athlete and played basketball. Where'd you go to college? Where'd you go to university? Uh, uh, Queens College. It's uh, right here. It's a part of the city university system. Um, Division two school. Um, we played up by you, Lemoyne. Yeah. All <laughs> right. It's up there. It's, it's, you still got a ways to go, but it's definitely it's definitely closer closer than any any yeah. other place. But yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk. Tell me a little bit about the passion and that internal drive, because the reason I say that is because you know one of the biggest things for for me is that I was an athlete as well, played sports, played in college, and have always had that drive to be better, and that's not something that everybody has. So when you when you say that and that's unique to you, it, I, I grasp that and and I lean in towards that because that's really interesting. And tell me a little bit more about 
what that internal drive really is and what that passion is and that fire and how you keep that going and how you've continued to keep that going. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is to stop. I get bored very, very easily. Mm-hmm. And I just have a need to keep doing more and more. Where that comes from, it has to come from my childhood. It has to come from seeing uh, maybe my parents struggle at times with money. I definitely have, have had money blocks, mm-hmm. um, which kind of have permitted or slowed down my business at one point or another. Um, I think it was just an internal drive that I saw my mom and dad get up every day and not quit and still move forward, go to work and do what they had to do to put, put food on the table for us and keep a business going. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, we, I grew up in, in Maine as well. And it was, my family was a blue collar middle-class family. I mean, that's, my parents got up and they worked and uh, they worked hard, but there was also, I was also very aware of, of things that happened inside of our lives that money worries were, were a part of it. And, and I know now that the work that I've done for myself and learning more about who I am and, and what drives me and following my passions in business and, and being an entrepreneur is that, you know, money worries, are, are, they're very real and fear of failure is very real. And then when you throw in a family and then, you know, you have the responsibility of kids and providing a great life for them that enhances things. And has that been the same with you and with your daughter? Um, you know, I've always with my daughter, you know, um, I'm just going to back a little bit up before, you know, I, I suffered um, some trauma after being married. My husband was in a serious car accident um, and suffered a traumatic brain injury and nearly died. Uh, to be honest with you, he also, you know, broke his back and his yeah. hip and things like that. So it was when, um, I want to say it was when the doctor approached me and I asked, you know, how's he doing? When are we going to recover? When the doctor tells you that, let's see if your husband survives the next 30 days. That was another kind of moment that you're like, I'm not in control here. Yeah. I can't do anything to help him. The only thing that I can do is take care of me and my daughter at the time and let everything else fall into place. To say that I spent hours in the chapel, I, I spent hours in the chapel yeah. and praying. And that was my letting go. Being an athlete and a leader in that respect, I, I had a need prior to this to control everything, to make sure things worked for me under my circumstances. And under my dictatorship, kind of in a way, I'm going to call it, you know, the way that I wanted it to play out. And it was, it was that moment in his, his trauma and his accident and giving up and letting go to God that ultimately allowed me to have my cards kind of fall into place and into where I am now. I keep that model with me today that I'm not in control of every transaction that comes across my, my desk. Um, there are things that I can do to make things happen for sure. And I'll do everything in, in, in my, my will and anything I can to make them complete and, and go to close. But, but I know ultimately I can't really, you know, predict or control other people's behavior. Right. I mean, let's letting go is one of the hardest things. Especially as strong driven entrepreneurs. I think yes. that's where a lot of people miss it. 
you know, entrepreneurs don't mind failure, right? We're, we're like right there. We don't, we know that we need to fail in order to grow, but to let go of it and have someone else kind of, or your higher power, you know, that that's a different story. Super hard, super hard to do. And keeping that, tell me about the mindset with that and keeping your mindset strong in, in, in real estate's not an easy industry. I don't care if if you're in, an entrepreneur in any type of industry that you're in, regardless of where you're at, keeping that mindset and that positive mindset when you're out there on your own. And one of the things that I've struggled with and found one of the most difficult things is you feel like you're out on this island alone. You feel like you've, there's nobody else out there experiencing the same challenges and the same problems and all these things that are happening. And you just feel like you're out there and you're alone. How do you keep that mindset to keep going? Surround uh, to me, it was surrounding myself with a network of entrepreneurs. When I started real estate, I just worked with the renters, right? And then, of course, I wanted to, knowing who I am, I wanted to increase my increase and go more into sales and work with buyers. I ran my mother's buyers as her buyer's agent. That's all I did. That's all I did was work with the buyers. I would take them out, show them houses, get the offer and literally say, okay, you go negotiate. And that's how we ran our, our business together. Um, and I found that if I treated myself or as, an, as a real estate agent, treated myself as my brand, as my business, as opposed to I'm just a real estate agent, it would, that was the shift in the mindset for me. I am the CEO of my company. And that's kind of how I look at it and what I speak about in, in my book that you are your, you are your brand. You are the CEO. This is your company. You're going to allow it to succeed or fail or, or fall in the middle, whatever you choose. And these are your decisions. The mindset then shifted to be with other people who kind of felt the same way. So I joined a networking group with um, financial advisors um, insurance brokers, mortgage uh, bankers, you know, attorneys who were their own, you know, entity and doing this all uh, as their own with their own brand as well. Right. That was kind of surrounding myself with other people who who um, worked the same way I did was one of my one of my key points as well. Gotcha. Yeah. You it sounds like you built you, you built your team. And you surrounded yourself with 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 people, so uh, so you always had somebody to go to whenever you needed it. And tell me about that's a great transition when you talk about your book. You say that you you talk about uh, the mindset in, in looking at yourself as your brand, and how I put how I put it out in the same thing is in in inside with my clients and my coaching program is looking at you are the number one asset as an entrepreneur. Assets are not things. Okay. You can have your, you can have your portfolios, you can have your buildings, you can have all those types of things. But at the end of the day, you are the number one asset inside of your business and taking care of yourself first is absolutely critical because that has everything to do with how you go out to the market and produce, how your clients see you, how, how other people in the conversations that you have and the transactions that you have, it all starts with, with you. Did you find that as well? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I I teach my agents that there are certain money making um, activities that you need to do on a daily basis, and when you hit that number, and we target sixty one points, each kind of activity is given a point system. When you hit that number, reward yourself. 
give yourself, you know, whether it might be something small. Now I work with a lot of women. So something might be a manicure or pedicure or something like that. You know, that would be kind of like your daily or weekly, weekly goal, but then have goals, you know, in every area of your, of your life as well. So I'm talking about reverse engineering your life so that you start with the big picture and work your way backwards so that you know what you're doing on a daily basis in order to achieve those yearly goals, whether they be financial and career-wise, an emotional goal, a spiritual goal, a health and fitness goal. Uh, we target 12 areas that I try, try to teach and work with um, my agents with. And we target 12 areas and the goals that we want to achieve in, in those areas. So working, yeah, working backwards is kind of kind of the big big picture. So looking at the full looking at the full year, looking at what you want to accomplish, but not just in business. You, you, that's kind of what I'm gathering. You're looking at everything. What are some of the other areas? Uh, oh, like I said, uh, spiritual, emotional, social, your parenting goals. Yeah. Um, for sure. I, I, you know, when I come home from a rough day, I, I still need to look at my parenting goals so that I can refocus on my daughter because that can definitely be, be transferred, you know, over into your home life and what's happening, happening there too. So, um, uh, what, what, what I got lost. <laughs> yeah. Just talking about the other areas of, uh, that you focus on and setting, setting targets and setting goals for, and you said spiritual health goals, those types of things. How does how does all of that tie into your life, your overall life as an entrepreneur? How does your your spiritual play a, play a factor? How does your health play a factor? Tell me a little bit about that. Sure, I um, you know, my spiritual life is definitely a part of it. I try to live by a, a Christian or a Catholic way of life and implement it in my business so that my morals. Um, and values are not subjected to someone else's standards that may not be um, equal or upheld to mine. Um, so I deal with a, a lot of other agents who may, in my opinion, may work immorally. Um, and it's very can be very uncomfortable. And I just choose to live by my own standards in, in that. You know, when we talk about money, people can be kind of greedy. Um, <laughs> you don't need to beat around the bush. You you don't need to beat around the bush of this. I know, <laughs> I know firsthand coming from the financial services agent uh, industry is that it is, it is, it is cut and dry. It is, there's one way of doing things and then there's another way of doing things. So greed is a big part. Yeah, it can. And that's a lot of ego involved in that, right? Yep. I mean, we can, you know, there's a lot of ego that comes along with greed and I, I just choose not to participate in that. And it was, you know, um, after my business had kind of um, flat lines, right? I was earning and I was fluctuating between, say, 60 and 70K for about two to three years. I'm like, how? I'm working harder than ever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm meeting more people. I'm handing out more business cards. I'm doing everything my coach at the time was telling me. But what is not why am I making more money? And that was my other letting go period that I said, I need to let go of control, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of like give it up and stop being so ego driven that it's not about the money. It's really about creating a relationship with the people who are in front of you. 
mm-hmm. um, creating the relationships as opposed to focusing on the transaction was really when my business took took off on a whole nother level. And I was able to 10x my return on my coach at the time. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a really, that's a really good point in, in not focusing on the transaction. And, and you, you mentioned this in inside of your, your bio is that the relationship with your clients and building that relationship with them, building that connection with them. What has that, I mean, not, not just from a 10x standpoint, from a financial standpoint, what else has that done for your team and with your business focusing on the connection and the relationship? Um, what it has done is really 70% of my, my, my new transactions that are occurring now are all referral based. Awesome. I, so I'm working hard, don't get me wrong, but I could be working a lot harder. But since my, they're coming in from a referral base, it has definitely made things a lot easier and simpler for me. Gotcha. Um, it takes a lot of, and, and that has helped you know, ease some um, stress as well. You know, we're constantly as an agent, you know, I constantly hear, how do I get leads? What do I have to do for get leads? How do I, what do I have to do to prospect? And, I'm, and I kind of give them my formula. And, and then a week later, I'm like, how are you doing? What's going on? And they're really not doing much. So it can be as a, as a coach and a mentor, a little disappointing because I want you to be able to, you know, um, duplicate exactly the way <laughs> that I right. did it. Because it works. Right, exactly. So let's talk about business development. I mean, that's one of the biggest things that you had talked about. And why is why is business development as a real estate agent? Why is that so important? Um, it's it's well, you know, you really want to be able to go into training. Training my agents is most important to me, so that I I'm able to grow to grow them in their business. Um, it, it helps create more of a culture. Uh, within my office as well, that we um, are not just, you know, colleagues, we are a working family together. You know, um, someone may have a listing that I may have a buyer for. And if we're not communicating, and we're not growing together as a family, then then it does, then who's, who's really benefiting from it, not not the family in general. But uh, it was one thing when we started the brokerage about four years ago, that that was kind of missing. Um, a training program. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where the book has come out of as well. We noticed you know, uh, national statistics say that about 86% of new agents um, leave the business after two years. Uh, we were noticing that in our own brokerage and didn't realize what was happening. Why did they My, leave? That that was it. There was no training. <laughs> ah, no, there's no system. There was no there's training. There's no system, no culture, no training going on in our office. So they would stay a year or two and then leave. And we were like, well, what's happening? What's going on? That was when we instilled and came up with um, the seven Saturdays um, success training program for new agents. And since then, we've instilled a four day um, training, four days a week that we do offer a training as well. Gotcha. Training for your for your internal team. Exactly. So constantly for- in front of it and building that system and making it airtight. Sure, because you know if you, if your if agents are happy, um, they're gonna they're gonna be happy and they're gonna they're gonna stay and they're gonna wanna wanna um, be part of the team. What has a system having that system? Not only does it keep people uh, engaged for more than you know a couple of years, it prolongs their career. But knowing that everybody's following the same system, what what has that done for your team? 
Uh, following the same system allows for things to kind of just, like I said, fall into place and be a little bit easier. Everyone knows their job roles and responsibilities um, so that they can increase. They're able to be an agent where they able to increase their behavior, attitude and technique in order to increase their sales and production. So when you when you have the systems in place, you know where everyone is at their stage of the game. Yeah. So I come in at any time and say, you know, what's happening with with this client? Oh, you know, you're at the appraisal stage. You know, I can see that in our system and then I kind of know what the next what's going to happen next. And I don't have to ask them the same question 3 or 4 <laughs> times. Right. Makes things much more efficient, I'm sure, and much more productive by following that system. Now, is the the book in the in the seven Saturdays and the system that you had, did that is that how did that manifest? How did that come into play? Was that the system that you followed and in that you said, This is what works, let's put this out there and let's share it with the world? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can only speak from my experience and share what has worked for me. There are definitely other systems out there or maybe other platforms that work for other people. I just felt the need um, to share my experience in real estate and how I was able to generate a more productive and abundant life for myself so that others could duplicate it. And, and I was doing it in the Saturday, uh, Saturday training program, but felt I could reach more people. Um, obviously, if I wrote, wrote it down on paper in a, in a book. Right, right. Tell me when, when a reader picks up your book and they go to get your book and they're a real estate agent, what are they going to get with that? What is the, what are they going to gain? Tell me about it. Oh gosh, that's a really good question. I think they're going to get an insight to me and how, how I really function and work through real estate um, to really have the lifestyle that I want to live, that I'm not worried about money. I, you know, even during down periods. I, I don't, I don't, money is not my major focus. It's really about creating more of a lifestyle and how I get there. Real estate has allowed me to do that. And I think you'll see that through the book that real estate is definitely an opportunity to, to free yourself financially um, from any burdens, as well as um, it kind of, like I just said, live the life that you want to live. It definitely has allowed that for me. I mean, I talk about it in the book. I was standing on the food stamp line, you know, after my husband's accident. I mean, that is some of the most disturbing times of my life that was really self-depleting and and just I would beat myself up with it because I couldn't believe that I was at that point. But I, again, I didn't have a choice and I had to accept where I was in that moment. And to be where I am today on the opposite end of that, where I'm able to contribute to society and make donations and, you know, be this kind of check writer um, to organizations that I choose to, to help out. Um, it, it's just a real estate has allowed me to do that. I've, I've shifted from a paycheck employee and that kind of mindset that I'm going to get paid every, every week to, I don't know what's going to happen today or if I'll get a paycheck, but I know what I do today will probably um, pay me in three in three months from now, and that's okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, from coming from from comfort to uncomfortable at times, I'm sure, and 
being insecure from money and not knowing what's happening and but but really believing in in following your purpose and your passion is it really sounds like that i mean that was the most significant part is just trusting the process and saying it's going to be okay we're going to make it through it and real estate was simply the vehicle that got you there mm-hmm. it definitely was definitely was i mean um you know besides letting go there was there's definitely you know a faith that comes along with it that everything is going to be okay and i can't can't focus on being perfect but just moving forward you know one one step at a time one day at a time yeah. so you know, in that sense so that um you know i'm able to take care of my daughter you know simon sinek and his book and his why um, series, you know, that was on uh, something that kind of hit home with me. It was like this moment where I'm like, what, why am I here? <laughs> what am I, why am I doing real estate? What's my purpose? I talk about that with my agents and in my coaching program too. When you find out your why, that is the most like strong passion that you died, that I dove into real estate. And my, why, after that, Real estate became this white hot passion that I was like obsessed with. Like I, I was in it all the time. I mean, I love research, but I was I knew my market. Like, and you couldn't tell me, you know, anything different because I really knew it. I, but my why and my purpose was all about it was very personal to me. It was, um, you know, that I have a need to connect with people. I love connecting with people. Yes. And, yeah, and and that's really what it was. You know, I grew up as an in, an introvert, um, and you know, kind of stay, staying to myself. And I always studied people, right? I would I didn't talk much, but I was always studying you and yeah. people's actions and behaviors. And I think that's what made me a good athlete as well, because I can anticipate things, right? Yes. So I so that was the thing that maybe I lacked as a kid that I was trying, I've, I've been making up for that. I, 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 I am capable of connecting with people and making things happen. Yeah. That human, that human connection is huge. I mean, that's a, that's certainly one of the, one of the human needs that, that we all have. And, you know, you talk about freedom and your why and your purpose and all those types of things and creating that vision for, for your life as a real estate agent what did you want? What were you after? What What do you seek? Oh gosh, I I just always want to take the next step. I always want to do just bigger and better things. And I do have my goals written out on paper, and I'm always willing to kind of get to where they are and do what's necessary. My goal is to own six one to four family houses. I mean, that's really a financial goal of mine so that I could really be um, not just a business owner, obviously, but an investor, right? Like I, yeah. I want to, I want to be on that side of the, uh, the, uh, now I can't lost the train of thought on uh, Robert Kiyosaki's. Um, um, yeah. The four quadrants, the four quadrants, right? So I really want to be there. I mean, right now I'm in the business owner still quadrant and I need to, Move yes. my way down into that lower right quadrant, yeah. um, so that I'm the investor at this time. And that can be a will be my next freeing, I think, experience. Yes, I'm sir. getting there. I'm working as I, I just picked up an in my first investment property. So um, I'm I'm getting there, and it's a it, it's going to happen rather quickly here. That's exciting. 
Awesome. So tell me about, you talk about ways. So as a real estate agent, I mean, and a professional, it took, it took some time to build your business. And what were some of the ways that not, you said, talk about nine ways to get in front of your prospects and, and start build your business. And you have your, you create your vision, you have all that stuff. Now, how do you, how do you make that connection with people and how do you get in front of them? Yeah, I think one of the first things that I did was um, hire a coach, to be honest with you. He was my accountability partner. And I didn't look at it as money coming out of my my um, pocket. It was an investment in, in my business. Uh, that was the first thing that I think that I did. The other thing was join a networking group. Um, you know, get in front of people who are like-minded um, than you and put yourself in front of people who are, um, you know, maybe more experienced or making more money than you are. And that was the other thing, you know, networking with, with people from different avenues and different uh, ways of life was, was kind of my, my second, second way. And what I teach agents to do as well. Um, have a plat, have, you know, three prospecting platforms um, that you choose, whether that's social media, podcasting, just to get, you know, out and in front of people so that more people are listening to you. Gotcha. Um, so I would, I would say that those are my top three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, As an introvert, did you find that, did you find that part of getting in front of people and hiring a coach and really putting yourself out there to build that connection? Did you find that to be a challenge? Did you find that to be scary at times? I was scary financially knowing where I was because again, I, at the time, I don't think I saw it as an investment. It, it was scary to pull this money out of my account and, and be like, okay, I'm, I'm all in that, that kind of, yeah. Uh, knowing my personality profile. Um, and I don't know if you're, you're familiar with the disc personality profile. Mm-hmm. I'm a high D and C that I and S just doesn't exist in me. So my C, my cautious personality, that was very scary to her. So it was became this kind of push and pull. Like I, I invested all this money, but I'm not seeing the return immediately. And that was the most difficult part. Yeah. Everything talk more about that because that's, uh, I mean, that is one of the hardest things, especially in times like we're at today is things are great when, when, when everything's moving forward and business is wonderful and cash flowing and all that type of stuff. But mm-hmm. then it's like, I want to go and you know, there's more, you know, that the inside of you, there's something else and you want, you want more and investing in yourself is one of the hardest things to do. But then to pull the money and say, well, I'm investing inside of my own business and then not seeing the return on investment right away, having that mindset to say, it's okay, let go, trust the process. Mm-hmm. How did you get through that? Um, I just, I, I didn't look back. <laughs> uh, I really didn't. I just, I just chalked it up and said, okay, I'm just going to put it on the credit card and, 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 and make it happen is really what it was. Obviously, I had to trust my coach. They were getting, you know, um, they were helping out other people. And and those people I know were successful because I spoke with them and interviewed them as well. I was grateful for that. So, you know, why would I not trust the process? How, what, what would cause me not to do it? But I think if that's where, like in, in up markets, any agent can sell real estate, right? Anyone can do it. You know, my, my 14 year old daughter listening to me all these years could do it at this point. 
Um, so anyway, you know, but it's the down markets where you're like, okay, I may have a little uh, slowdown in my own uh, finances. Does it make sense to invest now? You know, while while people are questioning what the market's going to do right now and during this time, I'm looking to invest. I'm I'm ready to make those moves. You know, so if you think that now is not the right time, I think now is the perfect time for any business owner to invest in themselves. To be honest with you, I, yeah. I'm I'm ready. I, I I just hired my own a second coach again. So you know, I knew that I was going to need something. And that accountability that they provide was really what I was looking for. Gotcha. Absolutely. And you talked earlier about your ideal client. You said you 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 had this passion for real estate, and you and you knew you knew your area. And you say you you stay in your area. You grew up in this area. You knew your market. How important is that to know your ideal client? Yeah, I I mean. It's it's really important to know who your ideal client is. And I think for real estate agents, their ideal client is a homeowner who lives in the neighborhood that they grew up in. It's that simple. Cool. Um, to me it to me it is. Some people may, you know, not agree, but homeowners, they have bought the product that that you want or are looking and they own the product that you want to sell and they already know how to do it. So it makes the process that much easier. Um, so, so targeting homeowners was my thing that I like to do. And initially, I, I didn't have any marketing dollars, so I had to, you know, trade in my time for it. So I went, I went door knocking. I mean, I knocked on doors and introduced myself, asked them, you know, three to four questions, and then, you know, if I was able to gain, gain some contact information. They went on a follow-up email that I put out every week and have been doing so for, for a number of years. So that was kind of my initial marketing and way to kind of get into real estate as well. That, awesome. that those are my ideal clients, people who own homes. Gotcha. Now, as you, as you evolved, how did your marketing strategies evolve with it? With you. Yeah, well, that's when social media got into place, and I'm right on that cuspy kind of age there, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm still learning. Yeah. You know, so I, um, it was, you know, for someone like my mother, obviously it was really challenging, but social media has allowed, allowed myself to leverage, um, obviously, some, some platforms. And, you know, it can be overwhelming. So I typically tell agents to just choose one, yeah. um, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever it might be, just choose one, just one, focus on one. Mm -hmm. And then if you can expand, um, I still choose not to expand <laughs> because the, to me, it's very overwhelming and it would just throw, throws me off. I, I'm, I'm still an introvert. So yeah. I'm not most um, social on social media, <laughs> yeah. um, but I, but I have, but definitely some um, business and personal um, mixes in there. For, for I know that, yeah, and you know, I know this. And same, same thing for me as well. I mean, the coaching space is is very heavily populated, and there's a lot of coaches out there. Just like there's a lot of real estate uh, professionals out there, whether it's agents, investors, brokers, whatever it might be. And how have you continued to build your business and break through that noise of social media and the competition, how have you been able to do that? It's been my relationships with my dirty dozen. <laughs> dirty my dirty dozen. dozen. 
Yeah, those mortgage brokers, attorneys, um, your home inspectors, title title people, um, you know, all all those people is really what allowed me kind of to to negate social media or not use it as much so that I can focus on those relationships with those people. Even my the contractors and investors. I mean, my I love working with investors because they're simple and go right to the point and they know what they want. It's all about the bottom line for them. So to me, the process is very simple. Um, and I, and I like that part of it. Um, you know, sometimes with homeowners, obviously there's an emotional, um, component to it, but for the investors, it's very simple. doesn't mean that I don't work with homeowners. Absolutely. I've worked with many estate situations, probates. I mean, those can be very difficult at, at times for any, um, heirs that may be involved. Awesome. Really cool. And, you know, cause like I said, I mean, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out there and it can become overwhelming, it can become very overwhelming. And regardless of what business industry that you're in is that there's just, there's so much information out there. There's so many how-tos, so many tactics, but really from what I hear you say over this last 40 or some odd minutes, it really comes down to building that connection with people and having that human interaction. There's nothing more powerful than that. Is that, I mean, is that nothing more powerful than that and and i wrote i titled my book become a rock star real estate agent because music was the avenue and rock music every 90s 90s yeah. 90s grunge <laughs> yeah it really yes music i mean it had a very empathetic place in in my being and in my heart that most a lot of those that that genre just kind of spoke to me and has stuck with me and music was the avenue that I saw that I could connect with people and, and build those relationships. And, you know, I would go into every listing appointment, you know, playing, you know, Shine Down, my favorite. I mean, I love them. So yeah. I mean, I go into it and it just gives me this, you know, natural kind of euphoria that I'm just going to go in and not be overly confident, but it, it allowed me to kind of center myself. And then what that did was a, I was able to meet my clients where they were at, right? I can't sell on my terms. I have to sell where they are at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. You know, that I'm glad you tied in that rock star because that rocks, I didn't realize that there was a, there was a connection to that, that music piece. And, you know, that's really, that's really awesome that you brought that up because music does play a huge role in our overall feeling, right? And, and I go back to my own experiences that, you know, regardless of, you know, if, if I'm trying to relax, it's, or just cruising along and uh, on the highway and, you know, you just want to throw in some music and just relax. It's one station. If you're getting ready to go to the gym, if you're getting ready for a big appointment, it's another, it's another playlist, right? And yeah, it definitely, exactly. it puts you in that, it puts you in that frame of mind. And I'm, I'm really glad you brought that connection because I would have never put that together. So really cool. Yeah. Really cool. All right. Well, you know, we've been about 45 minutes and, you know, we've taken a, taken your time and I really appreciate it. But I want to leave, I want to leave the listeners with, if, if a real estate professional listens to this episode, what are three things that they can walk away with today and say, I can implement this inside of my business and start to make a difference? What would be the three things? Um, today, I would say that they are, you'll see the biggest rewards when you see your biggest failures. Um, two, I would say that trust the process 
and allow things to be. Put your, your uh, what's the saying? Put your um, breathing mask on if you're in the airplane before yeah. you put your partners on. Uh, so take care of you first and the rest will fall into place. Mm-hmm. And, and then three, network. Yeah. Get there, shake hands, kiss babies, become the rock star of your neighborhood. Yeah, really cool. Really cool. Now, I just want to follow with this is what has, you said you've hired your second coach. I want to go back to this real quick before we, before we head off. What did that do for you? Hiring a coach and having a different perspective, somebody to hold you accountable. What has that done for you? Yeah, it has um, allowed me to just kind of, I'm, I'm very systems organized and I like systems and I like being, um, I like gold stars and checks next to my name. So what it has allowed me to do is see minor accomplishments that I know that if I follow the, the direction of someone else, I can duplicate it exactly the way that that they did so that I'm as just as, as successful. Gotcha. Continuing to build and continuing to build and not get stuck in this trap of being overwhelmed and all that kind of stuff keeps you focused from what Absolutely. really what it sounds like. Cool. Really awesome. Um what I'm gonna do is grab a copy, grab a copy of the book. They find it on Amazon. Oh, they can actually go to realtorstraining.com oh, Realtor and Success Training. Free. Okay, realtorsuccesstraining.com. I'm going to post the the website, your website, to the show notes so that they can have access to your book. It's a free copy of uh, Becoming a Rockstar Real Estate Agent, Seven Steps to Making 100K. Jennifer, I really appreciate you taking the time. Some great insight on life as an entrepreneur and as a real estate professional. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, you betcha. Thank you. And I'm... Uh... Yeah, download that book for free, realtorsuccesstraining.com. And um, I'm glad I'm able to give that gift to your listeners. So thank you. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Facing the Facts, the path to gaining control, accessing power, and ultimately creating a life of abundance. Are you an independent business owner or real estate professional who's ever felt like you're out on this island alone, going through this journey of life and business? and there's nobody else around you experiencing the same challenges and problems that you face every single day? Have you ever felt like you just needed somebody to talk to? Somebody who got it. Somebody who has experienced the same challenges that you face. Somebody who could bring some perspective into your world. Or maybe you're tired of trying to figure this game of life out alone, and you want to talk to somebody about your specific challenges and how to break free of the chaos. I want to introduce to you High Performance Coaching, for independent business owners and real estate professionals who want to unlock their life's purpose and passion, access the power across all areas of life, including their health and their wellness, mindset and belief, relationships and family, and gain control of their money so that you can create a life of prosperity and abundance and ultimately reach financial freedom. Head over to the show notes to learn more about high-performance coaching. Stay tuned for next week's episode, and thanks again for joining me.